podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, you miserable bastards, and welcome to a Jamie Coburnless St. Martin Gameless episode of the Misery Hunters podcast. I am Mark Jordan, and I am joined by Craig Devine. Mm-hmm. And Samuel Smith. All right. Well, Sunday name, man. Yeah, just formal, you know. Trying to up standards here a bit. I've been, I've been sickened by the... A lack of respect recently. So I'm wearing my black tie and I'd expect you to, to do the same next week. We um we've got a summer game to talk about, which is which is ideal after maybe the most enjoyable summer game to talk about last week. And we could talk with, about uh, that again. I, do you want to just do another 45 minutes on oh, the beers in the wee house? <laughs> <laughs> we um right at the tail end of that podcast, um we we got the announcement that Declan Gallagher had been called up to the Scotland squad. And I guess that's probably the best place to to start for this week as well. He didn't go on the pitch, but very uh, it is a sign that things are going in the right direction on the pitch that we're we're, we're back in that kind of conversation again with um with Scotland Internationals. Aye. Aye, hundred percent. Especially I mean, contrary to what that fucking clown on Pine Bovro said that it's a bad thing having international. He, he doesn't think that it's a good or bad thing having international players on the squad. Uh, 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 nothing, I mean, it's a really shite thing having international recognition for your, for your players possibly to go to the World Cup getting us at least 400 grand if they get picked like nah it's it's very good it's very nice to see a guy who's obviously kind of came back for a, a really rough spell up in Aberdeen you know rough as in he wasn't really playing well and they played with Davy Bates and then latterly be managed with Jim Goodwin but uh, it's good to see him come back. You know, he's got the head down. He's uh, probably, in, in my opinion, both for me, probably been our best signing, our best, one of our best performers this season. Uh, he's been he's been excellent. He's been a step up for Shaughnessy. And he's shown it in every league game he's played, apart from the kind of obvious one at Aberdeen. But again, Aberdeen scored four goals off the pitch. And I don't think Aberdeen score four goals if he's on the pitch and kind of marshalling the defence the way he did. So, Aye, brilliant, brilliant to see him get the recognition, get him back where he belongs. I think he's sitting on nine caps just now, so yeah. he'll, he'll be actually to, to stick around the squad and get a tenth cap. And for a guy who obviously done what he done back in kind of the 2015-16 and kind of worked his way up for League One all the way back up to the Premiership, that's a, a remarkable rise. And it's I think a lot of the lads in the Scotland team, apart from Che Adams aside last night, had all came from from Scottish from Scottish teams, kind of lower league, they'd all played lower league, they'd all played in the top flight. It was really, really nice to see kind of the link from the, the standard of the league, obviously, has went up as well over the last few years. And it's good to see the wee link that transitions into the, the Scotland team for that. I think he was quite unlucky not to to go on the pitch as well. I think if um if Clark had stuck to the the three at the back shape that he's that he's favoured for the entire time, he's He's been the manager, then Gallagher was probably an even money shout to, to get on the the park. He doesn't as often play 
in a you know in a two in a two in, in the middle of a back four, whereas Porteous would would seem to be kind of much more at home in that shape. So it's it's fair enough, I think that you you go with Porteous. There's a lot of revisionism about Ryan Porteous, and I'm not just saying this because he obviously had a good game last night, but he's he's not a bad footballer. I think the tendency is to write him off entirely because he's obviously a complete throbber and um and acts like a, a fud and, and you kind of forget about it. But he's a he's a he's a really solid centre half, and he's he's much more likely to get caps over the next decade than than Gallagher is now that he's into his his early thirties. So I don't have any issues at all with Porteous getting the getting the nod last night, but I think Gallagher can rightly feel that you know he's it was it was the toss of a coin between him getting back on the back on the pitch again for us. I hate myself even thinking this, but Morelos and Porteous quite similar in that they're both absolute fucking basket case type players, but underneath people tend right. to forget they are actually very technically capable, gifted footballers. If you can just keep Alfredo Morelos out of Eusebi's deli. And keep Ryan Porteous <laughs> away from throwing shot glasses at folk on dance floors. Then they'd be very, um, they'd be very handy for the hills. Don't forget that as well. Yeah, it's, um, th- this isn't all related to Declan Gallagher because obviously Scotland aren't going to the World Cup. But the yeah, the guy on Pie and Bovril, Sam, I'm glad you kind of touched on it, saying that he, he didn't see the point in having what seven players getting called up and how it benefits us at all. I just thought that was, I think the guy was called BTB, I'm going to just call him out for it because it was just a stupidly <laughs> ignorant point. The prize money that would be due to St Myrna as a result of, so let's probably strain him back us if they were to get called up, even if they weren't to play at all, it's substantial. So like you said, it's the best part of, I think it's $400,000 for least, every day they're at, at the time. tournament. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's this club benefit program, I think, that, that FIFA run that kind of yeah, you know, it runs for two weeks before plus the full group stage. And obviously if they stay on past the groups, it's I think straight away that tells you how much it's it's as vital that our players are getting called up for their international squads. Just was a change in, in ambition, I think, for us to build a squad of guys that are at that that kind of age and, and stage in their careers, that that's a realistic aspiration that they feel that they can come to someone put in performances and then get international rewards for that. I mean, I know it's, it's something we're going to talk about later on, but it's a, it's a real positive that, you know, Anik was a very talented goalkeeper. To replace him, we've gone out and got a guy who's getting international call-ups fairly regularly. We've, you know, needed to strengthen the midfield and we've gone out and got Gogic, who's a separate international. We've gone and got Bacchus, who's right on the fringes of an Australia call-up and is now saw that through. We needed to strengthen it right back and we've gone out and got a guy who fresh off a league winning season, even though he didn't settle out in, in Israel and he wanted to do okay. You've got a guy who was in an Australia squad um, and, and very unfortunate to, to get injured and not see it through. And these guys all kind of want to come and play in, in Paisley and, and think that that's going to do their their international chances a, a lot of good. It's just a it's a bit of a shift from throwing, you know, I know I know we've got a younger from there and all that, I'm not daft, but throwing a bit of money at players in League Two and kind of hoping some of them are decent and, and uh, seeing what even, you get back. Even in the case of Younger though, like he's a he's a guy who could get called up to the Kenyan squad again. Like, yeah, exactly. And then that's, I mean, I really hope Kenya don't qualify for the Africa Cup of Nations because that's two <laughs> months we could probably really, uh, really need a Younger for. I'd, I'd rather have a Younger than not for that, but 
that's a, a long way away for worrying. But it's just it's a nice change for kind of shopping the the basement basket for absolute shite. To be honest, like guys who got under twenty one caps ten years ago and now working out and getting pro, like kind of proven international players that really do make the first team much better. And it makes really contrary to obviously that BTB guy on Pine Bob who said he doesn't really see the benefit. Does every benefit to it? Like see if players from I don't know if we're going to go in and we're going to look at kind of European leagues and they look and think I'm great if I come here I can maybe get in the national team because you look at the likes of Goldgitch you look at the likes of like Strain and Bacchus and Grieve and think it's obviously a, a place where you come you'll get recognised and I, again even in the Australian market like if we're going to keep looking in there we'll look at the likes of Strain and Bacchus and think oh great we'll go over there get a wee bit of recognition we'll finally get called up it's only going to lead to better things like Strain and Bacchus won't be at St Mirren next year like Strain and Bacchus will be playing for far better teams in St Mirren next year I mean I'd love to be proved wrong I'd love them to both sign extensions and stay but the harsh reality is when good players play for clubs like others they're going to attract attention they're going to go and they're going to go and play at a higher level but when it comes to replacing these it's going to be replacing guys like them it's going to be a lot easier when you can attract international players to come and add to their kind of bundle of caps they've got already if they're looking to break into a squad and come to St Mirren and play 20-30 games a season and get that recognition. Did you manage to, to see much of the three Scotland games over the last uh, the last week? Aye. Very, very impressed by Jack Henry considering the la- one of the <laughs> last things that he done in Scottish football was run around in circles at Firhill. So. <laughs> Were you... Were you at the first Ukraine game? Uh, no, I was not. I wanted to go, but uh, uh, sorry for I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely skimmed at the moment. So uh, <laughs> uh, it's submitted only. That is why I'm delighted I'm doing the, the commentary at Ibrox because I'm not having to pay 31 quid for the ticket. So I've seen less of this season, Scotland or Submarine. I think I've seen about 10 collective minutes of Scotland over the past weekend and probably four games this season for Submarine. Yeah. <laughs> With things been a bit full on at, at work, I didn't see either of the the Ukraine games. Um, but I, I did watch the, the majority of the Ireland game. And um, even even at, with a poor start, it's just so encouraging to see us as being Scotland take a you know, take a, a little bit of a, a doing from a team who don't look that up to much, but getting a bit outfought and to shake that off and go and do what has to be done. I, I know that we get turned over by Ireland not that long ago, but you know, under you know the kind of series of previous managers, I don't necessarily think you're turning that round. Um, you're no. turning around a a one 0 deficit and, and getting out of it. And you, you you mentioned it right there, Jack Hendry looking every every inch an international centre half and a guy right. that's kind of changing games. He's, he's I think um, he's one of these guys, and I've, I've made this point before about guys like Erehorn, um He's one of these guys who I think just doesn't suit the goldfish bowl. You can't no, stick I, him in a in a Celtic team that have got ninety percent possession and where your every move is is um is, is criticised and everything else. Stick him elsewhere where he's not getting nearly as much press attention. He's just one of a unit, and he's coming into playing a really robust, well-drilled Scotland team. It's just really good to see someone like that flourishing because he's obviously I, talented. I think I think Portis needs to kind of. They're obviously different kind of when they're in the league, like Portis is obviously really highly rated. Jack Kendry when he was at uh, when he came through Thistle, didn't he, originally, and then went to went down south and then came back up to Dundee. Yeah. Like, 
Jack Hendry at Dundee before he got that move to Celtic was really highly rated. Obviously, Portis is sitting at the point where he is really highly, highly rated by a lot of people in football. You know, obviously, as you say, there's people kind of like fans that will write the guy off. And uh, fair enough, that's your prerogative. I think the guy's a dick as well, but I also think he's a very, very good footballer. And I, I think he needs to kind of take a leaf out of Jack Hendry's book and kind of escape Scotland because Portis is only ever three or four games away if he been plastered on the back of the papers because he's been caught up in a tangle with Morelos at a game at Easter Road and he's been in Heather. Do you know what I mean? Like, be Goodwin calling him out last week, which to be honest was fucking pathetic for a guy like Goodwin who was an absolute arse when he played football. Yeah. He's got a bit of a cheek to do that, but I think I, I, someone like Portis would really benefit from it. I don't know, maybe going down south and going and playing for, like, I don't know, Preston or Stoker someone like that where he's not going to get the media attention that he gets up here he can then just focus on his football and I really kick on because I think Portis has all the tools to go and play in the Premiership in England so I be good to get a considering Scotland's defence a few years ago consisted of like Mikey Devlin Charlie Mulgrew Liam Palmer was that the, the right back? Uh, Sheffield Wednesday Graham, Graham Shinney at left back Lewis Stevenson Getting a Christoph carpet left Bera. back. Christoph, Christoph Bera getting wheeled out at 33-year-old. Like, the fact that we now have probably, I'd say, four or five capable centre-halves and at yeah. least two or three right or left backs. And like both sides, like we've got three players on each side that can both play full-back comfortably. We've got Hickey who can play both sides. Like Scotland have went from having an absolutely shambolic defence to a very, very capable unit where if you're replacing one or two, you're replacing the whole four, like essentially what happened the other night. There's not really much of a drop-off in standard at all. Because they're talking about Portis escaping the fishbowl and going down south. Forget that. How amazing would it be if they signed for Hearts? <laughs> oh, wow, man. Imagine Boys. the head going. The riots. Right. Aye. I, I, I did fear for the boy's life, I think, at that point, actually. I think yeah, somebody would actually try and kill him. He's got, for me, just a, a kind of slight Riordan thing about him, where I know he, he obviously loves the club and, and all the rest of it. I think for his own good, he probably this is the time to make the make the kind of clean break. He doesn't owe anyone anything. You know, it, would be, it would be a good time to, to move on. He's, he's put performances in. I think if he goes down south, even if it is, you say, you know, to like a stoke or something to do. I mean, look at Scott McKenna. Scott McKenna was a huddy playing for... Aye, Scott, Scott McKenna's never, he's never, you know, very, very, very capable international defender and a good like English Premier League defender. Yeah. Porteous is on that level for my, like, for my comfortably. Aye, 100%. For my money, I don't think there's that much of a difference between it's him Scott and McKenna. Scott McKenna's a guy who maybe two or three years before he got that massive move, was a guy who got paced by John Sutton when he played for the United when we beat them 2-0 in the Great Escape. Oh, Getting paced off a 34-year-old John Sutton who, I mean, John Sutton's never been quick. He's always been as slow as a fucking week in the jail. Yeah. But a 34-year-old unvaccinated PT. Getting absolutely drilled by John Sutton and behind. You would not have thought that guy would be you'd be gutted that he's having to pull out a Scotland squad to injury. He's also absolutely rapid as well. Like I think it was the same as well with Grant Hanley. They're like both yeah, really, where did that come really from? quick. 
was it was it the it was the first game of the Euros. Uh, the Czech Republic, I think the boy Schick broke up the right hand side and Grant mm. must have covered about 20, 20 30 yards and absolutely <laughs> fucking breezed them up the road. Do you remember was, that video of, um, of Joe Hart from Man City when they lose the ball and he's like right up the, p- the pitch? And is that me? Just, was it Rooney that hits the shot? Oh, from halfway and he hoofs it all the way back. It was like that. It was just like, where did that come from? It's absolutely and, how, and then how did it end with Joe Hart and Paisley? Yeah. Shit needs to help me come out for crosses and getting beasted by Curtis Mayne. That all, that all comes from... Getting support. pocketed, to, to quote someone from last week's podcast. Um, I think, to, to stay on the Scotland point slightly, and, and I guess it leads us on to the, to the next thing we're, we're going to talk about as well, it's not, just the, it's not just the first team as well. I think it's really encouraging again to see a range of names from us at a range of levels. I think, did Jay Henderson make his under-21? Uh, debut? I, I think so, I. He made his debut. I was having a wee look at the last couple of fixtures. I didn't see him get off, but I'm going to check yeah. that now because I'm quite happy to be proved wrong on it. He, he was a late call-up. I think he did um, I think he did make it make it on. You've obviously got Dylan Reid captaining the, the 19s, I think. And then you've got Kieran Offord scoring a double and a win in the under-18s. Murray Campbell, I think, maybe playing 17s yeah, as well. Murray, Murray and then, Campbell played the 17s. I think, actually, we'd captain the 17s. I think. Is that what it was? Aye. Is that what it was? And was it offered that come off the bench for the 19s? Have I, have I got it the, the wrong way around? Was it, uh, was no, it that way I think, I think you're right. And then, uh, I think he, he played right wing against the, the USA. But uh, the American 19s had a guy who had played 15 <laughs> times for LA Galaxy. And the first <laughs> team is now a regular starter for... Robbie Galaxy. So, uh, I, I think he's Ken Brockman or something his name was. So. <laughs> beyond Chad Powers. Um, <laughs> beyond uh, beyond that, you've got Murray Campbell, who's who's at the club, who's knocking on the door. He was he was in at one level. And then a, a relatively new name that I don't think has been talked about in the, the first team picture yet for obvious reasons, but Jack Barr up and travelling, I think, with the 15s over to, to Malta. His, um, his uncle's actually one of my neighbours. And had mentioned wow. before, he's 13 playing with the 15s and then and got, that, a, got a Scotland call up as well. That's an incredible standard of football, like coming from a guy who plays hungover Sunday football every week. <laughs> at 20, 23-year-old, like these wee guys are 13 and yeah. already achieved more in their footballing career than, <laughs> than me. But hey, they never bet Dynamo Redhurst 3-2 on Sunday, so... Yeah, and get it all. Um, yeah, get it right on up behalf up. of the Misery Hunters podcast. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I think it was the 18s that Dylan we got called up for. That was, I know there was a mix of a mix of, of levels, but it's just so encouraging to see. You know, as a fan base with us being you know tin pot at the best of times, it's something you keep an eye out for. I, you know, I went to the games when Malin and um, Malin and McGinnis were getting their under 21. Aye. Morgan were getting their under 21 call ups. It was a big deal, and now it just feels like something that happens. I. I remember it being a really big deal, like round about like kind of 2010, 11, when like you'd get one or two players in squads. But like, I it's like ever since like round about that time, we've always we've had players in the squads at every age. Like it's, I mean, it's vital and it's obviously a, a massive, it's a massive incentive for all the kids at an academy as well. Like it gives them something to work for. Like they know that they're going to get the recognition for 
kids yeah. are going to want to sign for St Mirren if they know they've got a good chance of getting into the Scotland squad if they excel at their age group as well. So aye, it's it's brilliant. It's it's really really good. And I think uh, like the is it the Euros that's coming up soon for the nineteens. Mm-hmm. So ho- hopefully, obviously, Offord seem to have really impressed in the the kind of wee mini tournament that they played. I think it was either Slovenia, or Slovakia. Uh, one of the two just over that so hopefully we can see him get called up and get a wee bit of recognition I think they're in the group with France Kazakhstan and one other right. playing against like guys that are like France's 19s are all probably going to be the, the superstars of the future these are guys that are probably going to be at Real Madrid and PSG <laughs> for years to come so I, if we've got boys going and competing against players of that standard it's, it's brilliant it's brilliant for the club playing up in his group as well it's, it's a real positive I think I guess the kind of slightly sad thing on that front is that I know that there's been rumblings for for a little while. There was a, a fairly detailed post on like, the Pine Bovril a, a while back about all things not quite being well at the, the academy. I think there's now kind of you know fairly concrete stuff that's come out about folk that have have moved on, and, and I know a couple of us had heard heard rumours from a couple of places that. For all things look a bit shiny on the outside. That that actually behind the scenes, the academy's maybe not as as smooth going as it it once was. And I think that's something we need to be really careful of as a as a club. The you know the the club aren't shy in talking about how important it is that fans are engaged. The the club isn't shy in talking about how important it is that fans continue to put their money in and to support things. You know that's what we're coming up for six years now that Smiza. Members have been putting money in, and that money's been getting spread out across causes, and, and their fund now guarantees a percentage to to the academy. And uh, was it was it last year or the year before that they ran the vote on what they wanted people to, on what invested investors or donors wanted their money to go into, and, and the academy was something like eighty four percent or or eighty five percent approval off of off of a list with nothing else getting anywhere near that. It's just a little bit concerning, I guess, to to hear that. We've got this really positive impression from the outside that things maybe aren't quite as rosy as as they could be. It's something we should be fighting to to preserve. Aye. I think because the I way think... that a lot of business, sorry, Sam, a lot of businesses no, kind of on is they they will shout about all the the positives that are going on and kind of gloss over the the negative things that are happening. But yes, it's really kind of disappointing to think that there's there's maybe more behind the scenes going on than we'd be led to believe. And if I don't know if it's maybe a case of the, the funding's been kind of funneled in the wrong way and the, the youth academy's not getting enough kind of put behind it, you kind of hope that it's, it's not really the case. But yeah, like you say, there's been rumblings for quite a while about this kind of going on and it does worry me, to be honest. You don't want us to end up going the route of, was it Falkirk maybe a year or two back that just totally scrapped a youth academy, like completely yeah. made up contracts for players that never came to fruition at all. I'm not, absolutely not saying that that's the case and that's what's, what's going on at Murn at all, but that's how you start down those kind of rocky roads, isn't uh, it? It's, it's, a fine, it's, really... it's a fine line if you don't invest mm. in it. You know, the, the money that you put in today isn't for, isn't for tomorrow, it's for two years down the line and three years down the line and and yeah, four years um, down the line, that's that's when you're going to feel the pinch if, if things aren't backed to the to the full now. I think as well, it's when these when these rumours kind of start to appear online, like I know people do just kind of assume the worst and just assume it is like I mean, black and white army and by Bob, don't get me wrong, are full of moon howlers, but there's a kind of core bunch of people who do really kind of mean get well. it right. Nah, like yeah. the, there's people who there is people who do know like I mean like as I said like we've heard stuff uh, 
that people, I mean, like, obviously we've all kind of heard stuff that we've been out the town and about the pubs and that, and, you know, news like that travels, and it's, it is really important kind of not just to dismiss it, just because you don't really, I think everybody would be kind of happy to hear a rumour, like, if you had told us two or three months ago, you heard off a guy in the public Gogich was signing, you'd be buzzing and you'd be taking it, but then you'd probably believe it, but you wouldn't believe if somebody was telling you that something's a wee bit off behind the scenes, so it's yeah. important that, it's important that the stuff kind of that does kind of filter out because it's the stuff that people need to be talking about. It's a, a massive part of what something is. Like teams in the teams in the Scottish Premiership, if you look at all of the squads outside Rangers and Celtic, have a, a large chunk of their match day squads are all academy kids, they're all kids that have came through the ranks of their teams. And so whether they've went away and came back or whatever, it's they've all been trained at these clubs that are all in the top flight. I mean, you look at the Championship, League One and League Two, like all of these kids are all kind of the ones that get released from the top academies are all filtered about now. Like these are kids who go on and make a good career. So if we were, if there was people, even if we let them go, our staff who are obviously very good at their job, if you look at the players that are representing our country, players that came through and played in the first team with Erehorn and Henderson, like we really need to keep a hold of these guys. Like the, the academy should be getting a lot, a lot of backing. The academy should probably get a lot more backing than it currently does, in my opinion. But yeah, it's vital. I mean, it's it's a money maker. It's yeah, it's, I think it's a bit um, it's a bit short sighted as well, particularly if things are, are beginning to turn for us on the pitch and we're getting a bit more attention on on that front as well. That that drives up the value of, of what you're doing. You don't necessarily have to start producing better players than you have been. If you're getting more attention on what you're already doing well, then guys are going to get bigger bigger transfer fees. You're you're going to be able to move folk on, not just for development fees, but potentially for a bit more than that you're, you're going to get guys who if you had to go out and buy them you couldn't afford them it's just Aye. just seems like common common sense to me for, for me and you know this might not be, be popular and I know that everyone just wants us to be successful on the pitch and, and that should really be the be all and end all but I, I, I would I would lose a you know a, a backup player in the squad if it meant that you know you're you're protecting the conveyor belt that means that you're going to have two or three extra players the season after and in the season after you're going to have guys about the Scotland pitcher who are getting better as a result of who they're training with and and what they're doing I, I think you're, you're right Craig you're never you're never that far away from a Falkirk or, or this. I mean look at look at Thistle Thistle and you know, I know they've got their own their own shit going on just now but the, the, the whole thing with Colin Weir when he first put money into them was the Thistleweed Academy and that was and that was his only investment in the club itself, that and, and the training ground. And you, you know, you take the the foot off the gas a bit there. We, I think, I think we picked up coaches from them because they they took out all their their paid staff and started relying on volunteers and stuff again. And before you know it, Thistle are a, a club in Glasgow who should be perfectly placed to take your guys that maybe aren't going to get the benefit of the doubt at Rangers and Celtic and all the rest of it. And very quickly, there's nothing coming through. Um, you just need to be so wary. I think of, of what next year is going to look like or the year after when you're making these these decisions. And I just hope that's not the yeah, should obviously it's, it's rumors we're talking about and you hope that you know you hope that there isn't you know there's 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 a grain of truth to it, I guess, but you're hoping that's all it is. Um, yeah, it's conveyor belt. I mean, what what we said offered to read Murray Campbell, that that is becoming the standard. It's kind of just become like par for the course. It's what we've come to expect now over the, the last 10 years or so. Even go back to what well, McGinn McGinnis coming through, Kenny yeah. McLean's carpet, a really decent career as well. 
it's a shame to think that's in any kind of danger if, if there's anything more to it at all. I think the, the point about Colin Weir, the Thistle, is spot on. I think if any of us came into a substantial amount of money, one of the first things you would do is you'd probably buy your football club or invest heavily oh, yeah. in it. And you, you would definitely say, right, let's punt a lot of money into the youth academy and the youth development and make sure the club's set up for the future. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, that's after I've bought Abrahamovic. I'd be doing that, but... Yeah, you're bound by the best four to year old footballer you can get your hands on. And then they, they go out and just bunk in insane amount of money on a ridiculous signing. Aye. And then got on with the, the proper stuff. Aye. That would be a bit a lot of fun. Winning the lottery. Winning that, I was it the guy on Friday won like 180 odd million or something. Imagine like just giving Stephen Robinson 20 million quid and saying, go do your worst. The fucking League Two in England would be terrified if that guy had access to that money. I tell you, what I'd do if I won 180 million quid on the Euro Millions. I would buy one of those executive boxes in the corner. So would that? Gonna, Aye. One of the porter cabins. I'd buy two. And see, uh, see yeah. how it goes. Hey, what I would do, I'd, uh, I'd pay Hearts to sign Ryan Portis. <laughs> <laughs> and, and bring Gary O'Connor out of retirement. Just go all in. Aye, you've got, you've got to go all in. But I on, on the on the youth academy, I'm, I'm the same as you, Matt. Like. Uh, it maybe sounds a wee bit that I, I kind of I would get more out of Kieran Offord scoring a goal for something and I would like Brophy and I, yeah of I, course I would just, like if I, if I was to pick a guy in two weeks time if when we're playing Rangers that I'd love to see score do you know just love to see like Ethan Enerhorn score a win in the last minute or like uh, Fraser Taylor like Fraser Taylor's a Submarine fan like imagine watching Fraser Taylor go off the bench and score a last minute winner for the team that he was you know, supporters buses to watch their games yeah. a couple of years ago like how good would that be so aye, these are the, the kind of we, we are still very much a community club and aye, you want kids running about the community to be able to have their dream of playing for St and ho- hopefully kind of this stuff if it's true obviously sorts itself out and we can continue to keep producing great players but aye, it is a worry and it's something that people kind of do need to talk about like it's Stuff that does kind of need to get out there. Like people are very happy. People love talking about when Sutmarin are doing well, but if Sutmarin are doing not so well, stuff still if, even when Sutmarin are doing well, the kind of not so good stuff still kind of needs to get a wee bit of time. Unfortunately, I think um, stability is undervalued. You know, you don't have to go back that far again. And you know, obviously, you've got you don't want to become those guys when it comes to Sutmarin. But you know, you've got McGinn and McLean. In the Scotland squad, you've you've got Lewis Morgan realistically not that far away from the squad if we're starting to play wingers again, although I don't think he'll ever get a, another call up while he's playing in New York. But you know, those guys came through, you had David Longwell there who, you know, by by all accounts did a did a great job and, and was rightly kind of headhunted away off the back of it. It's not automatic that you can replace that kind of success and and delivery. And in, in Alan McManus, you've got someone who has been with the club through some fairly stormy times. You know, he's been in the dugout, he's been out the dugout, he's been managed. Uh, he's been with us at the bottom of the championship. He's he's with us now when things are going well, and we've got Scotland internationals at various levels coming out of the academy that he's he's managed. I would just hate to to think that someone like that who's got such an obvious track record of of delivering back on uh, on what we would expect. I would hate to think that he's not getting what he would need. I guess, but aye. Again, we're, we're, we're just kind of speculating on it, but um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, we're just pissing into the wind here and talking shite and 
and um, one lone ball on uh, Pai and Bovril isn't uh, isn't necessarily a whistleblower for the entire the entire house of cards to, to fall down. But you know, it, it's just it's it's popped its head up enough times recently that it kind of feels worth yeah. worth talking about now. Um, so hopefully, hopefully we're wrong. We we, get, we regularly are. We ever have a podcast that gets called out online for being woefully inaccurate and wrong? I would, I genuinely love it to be this one. <laughs> yeah, this is the one that we want. This is the one we want dragged up. Definitely don't go back and listen to podcasts last year when I'm slating Declan Gallagher every week for being utter shite at Aberdeen. Not when he was at more, living, you know? Tell you what, the more this run goes on, the more I can't wait to bring back up my clip by saying that Superman would finish first. So I keep this <laughs> in the back of my head every single week. I just. Uh, I'm at a, every single win that we get, uh, I age closer to being able to post that clip online. Yeah, I've got a tweet from the start of the, the season about where we were finishing and where another team were finishing and why I that have, was going to happen based on our managers. And I am I have a horrible, framing it. horrible amount of tweets from our own fans and my bookmarks that, are, that will come <laughs> out at the end of the season. <laughs> Like we, we, I'm kind of fairly confident enough to say that St Mirren won't go down this year. We have probably already accumulated more points at this stage to essentially be safe because you'll pick up enough points between now and the end of the season. Yeah, but 100%. like, I, 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 there's a lot of people who are going to have to go back and delete a lot of tweets. Yeah, same the Regardless of how well this season goes, I, I still want the club to put out an incredibly snarky tweet in March to say that's as mathematically safe. Oh, please, please. Remember when um, when Leicester won the league and Ranieri was talking about hitting the 40 point mark? And just, you know, but yeah, that, that's what I want. That's what I want. Brilliant. I just want utter shithousery from start to finish. Talking of, um, talking of shithousery and, and teams that aren't, aren't as good as people think they are, we've got Livy on Saturday. Um, we has bullers on his way to our patch. What uh, what are you guys thinking? I, I know you, you alluded to this, Craig, but I'm not as confident against uh, against Livy as I have been against other teams. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I reckon I, I reckon I, I said this before we started recording. I'd be more confident against the, the likes of Hearts, of Hibs, and Aberdeen than I would be against Livingston, just because every fucking time we play them, it tends to be an absolute. Nightmare, they've just seemed to have a number, they just make it a really difficult game, difficult to play against. Saying all this, I am not going to see a second of that game, so I fairly expect to miss a, a 5 0 romp to victory. Yeah. I, I, I don't I don't know how it'll go. I really, I really don't like we, we even I think obviously St. John's the game, like it's kind of undisputed fact, like in the games we've had less of the ball this year, we've been better. You know, you look at the, the Motherwell game, the first game of the season, we had like 40% possession. We were brilliant that day. We were unlucky to win. Aberdeen game doesn't count. Um, that, that that never happened. Uh, but then the game, the games we've won since, like we've had less of the ball in every single one, maybe apart from the, the Ross County game. But it's the St. Johnston game sticks in the back of my head. It's kind of been a, a really bad performance in a game that we had more of the ball. So, uh, the more and more, like kind of, you look at results. It just does just look as if it is a wee bit of an anomaly and a and a run of really good results. But it'll be interesting to see what we'll be like when we are the team that again probably is looking to take 60 percent of the ball because Livingston are going to happily see possession as that's the way they play. They play every week like that, and I, I actually think it might be a good game. You know, I think it'll be a, a good 
ding dong with with Newbley and, and Gallagher uh, up top. Obviously, we've got Main who are younger. They'll be going up against the uh, is it Big Obelai who started the season really well for for Livingston. I'm yeah. not too sure who's been partnering him. If it's been uh, Parks or uh, Boys, not a hundred percent sure. But like, I, I think it'll be a, a good game. But as Craig says, Livy do seem to have our number, but Livy seem to have most teams in the league's number. So this. It's just incredibly frustrating, and I think we've touched on it before. A team with the resources that Livingston should not be as good as what they are. Yeah, and and as good as they are, is just behind us in goal difference. Aye, I know. Let's get that up. Aye, t- two teams that have had good starts to the season, though. So, uh, mm-hmm. aye, I'm fully fully expecting it to be a, a decent game. I'm not. I'm not as a, I'm the same as Mark. I'm not a hundred percent confident that we'll win. I'm more confident in games if we were going to be. Like a motherwell, we were going away to like Tynecastle or something. I'd probably be a wee bit more confident, which is mental to say, but such is the way that Robbo's got to set up. But uh, I don't, I, I don't really see Livingston kind of if they were to be the one that comes and dominates the ball. I don't really see it being anything other than a, a submarine win. But uh, fingers crossed. Like a, a draw would be the worst result if you were to look at the league table after with the eight games. Yeah. Aye, that it would be a, a tremendous start, regardless of the result, it's still going to be a tremendous start. We've won four more games than we've won at any point in the last two years, so at this at the same stage in the season. So aye, we'll, we'll see what happens. The laws of average, a, a draw is probably not a bad shout because neither team have got a draw this season yet. Um, but yeah, comparing both teams' recent results, they're pretty much on a par with each other, but similar goal difference, four wins, three losses. I think I was saying to Mark, if you just swap out our 3 0 to St Johnson for Livingston's 5 0 humping against Aberdeen, that's it's, it's pretty much the exact same team that's lining up on the park against each other on Saturday. I, I, I don't think a draw, things said and done, is a bad result at all. No. I think it could be a glorious, right, ugly performance, hmm. which, I'm, which I'm entirely in favour. I'm going, to, um, I'm going to let a cat out of the bag here. I have worn my beautiful. St Marna way top to four games <clears throat> this season and we have won all four. Yep, I'm, I've, I'm worn it, I've worn it I, to I, watches on telly twice and we've lost both of those games. So I hereby commit that if I can't make it to a game, I will not wear that strip again this season. And if I, I am at one of our games, I will be wearing that top. So I think uh, potentially that means we are going to win on, on I, I've, I've I've worn it to every game I've won this year. Uh, that's the only times I've wore it. So yeah. I've already, I did give it an out in Alton Tibbles on Friday, to be fair. But, uh, I, I, I've wore it to, I did win. I had a fucking great day, actually. You keep, so, did, did you keep a clean sheet on Oblivion? Or? Uh, no, I nearly didn't. I nearly didn't keep a clean sheet. But I kept a straight face. Well, meanwhile, uh, Kirsty kept turning around and telling me it wasn't that bad. And I told her it was that fucking bad. Dropped the 180 foot like that. Straight down. <laughs> Famous... Famous Misery Hunters podcast contributor, Kirsty, after her debut appearance last week. Uh, she, she, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, she got, a, she got the nod on the podcast for bringing, bringing through. To be fair, she's, I'm, I knew she's not had a nod prior because she brings them at dinner near enough every time we're recording. So. <laughs> it's passive-aggressive, if you ask me. Uh, um, she's just jealous that I've got, I'm on a podcast and she's not. Yeah, I've got an idea for a spin-off, just uh, a vlog series of Sam, just Sam's big day out, he just visits various different theme parks and attractions and just has a fucking whaley of thing. Sounds good. I've watched that. That sounds good. Wait, with my sitting on the way top on, but I, 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 I think it's, 
it's the best streaker. So, I am very, I'm very superstitious. Like, I change my top every time we lose. So, I won't wear a top. Like, if we lose one week, I wouldn't wear it the next week. I would go back and then I'll rotate round my tops until I get back to the start again. So, I mean, like, I hope we don't be anything. So, I'd fucking love to wear this to every game I go to this year. So. <laughs> well, 19, 19 or 18 away wins, home wins, isn't a bad day. Isn't a bad way to go. We do need to cool it down on the, the winning games because I've been enjoying myself a wee bit too much after some of these yeah. wins. So my liver could do a twelve game winless run. Yeah, yeah, a big Jim Goodwin style winless run would be would be fucking would actually be all right. Once we beat Rangers, that would be that would be decent. Yeah, we'll see how it see how it goes. <laughs> the, um, I don't have a don't have a shit takes um section this uh, this week. Unfortunately, Dave's been a bit busy. Um, <laughs> releasing his own uh, glorious data onto the world um, just probably do need to cover the fact that Dave Cormack made maybe the stupidest point that's ever been made by anyone about, uh, about the current TV deal and said that the fact that we only show what 30, what was it 36 games last year, 30, 34 games Aye. and because we get 30 that actually means we get more money per game than Sweden is like I, I'm, I'm delighted that we get more money per game than Sweden who got 70 million euros last year for the for, for, for TV a, deal for a considerably worse standard of football as well yeah. probably but I oh. uh, it's been a while since a Swedish team hit the hit the Europa the Europa final like aye. it's we're just so him consistently and, undervalued it does my box him and, him and his pal Ron Gordon Faye they have set up a fucking morons. <laughs> they're just they're so funny because you think like we have obviously had shite. We've had fucking clowns in charge us like Stuart Gilmore. Like, it's don't get me wrong. Stuart Gilmore saved the clubs, saved the club in the nineties. Stuart Gilmore is a fucking clown. You can clip it and send it to him if you want. Me saying that he is, he's a fucking moron, and I'm delighted we don't have somebody like him in charge now because he would fit right in with fucking Big Davy and Ron through and fucking uh, was it. Was it Ron that said he regretted not sacking Jack Ross and also regret, no, he regretted sacking Jack Ross and then admitted that he shouldn't have appointed Maloney as well? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember that. And obviously Dave Cormack uh, named a training ground after himself. So <laughs> That's the biggest piece of news that, that came out of that whole Dave Cormack debacle for me over the past few days. How did that escape me that he named a fucking training ground after himself? Oh, so they want him to name the new uh, name the new Aberdeen Stadium the Cormac Arena. <laughs> also want to shoot on in that I think Neil Doncaster goes to the Barbers and asks for a short back and ugly. That is the worst haircut in Scottish football. It's not a million miles away from Ronaldo's uh, <laughs> Ronaldo's triangle body. Ill <laughs> phenomenal. Ah, uh, Don Doncaster's Don a fucking moron as well. That, that guy's an absolute buffoon. How can, I just don't get like his his sole job really is to promote the league and obviously make make the league uh, make the league better. Like, how the fuck can how can you be so bad at your job? Like, I don't even think we went to market. I don't like think they like put it out to tender or anything. Like, by the way, like we might actually be. And also, like, the, the deal's not for renewal for like another three years anyway. So. Yeah. And Cormac said, uh, word for word, said something like, you know, you don't have to go out to market. 
to know what's in the market. <laughs> I think was that was a voice note he sent me actually. Um, just just the mind boggles how you could possibly possibly share a graph that shows that Scottish football fans get to see less games than any other league of a comparable size and um, get less money than all of them and share that as a positive. Am I that right in saying that like, insane. when was the last time you can remember Rangers or Celtic playing an away game that wasn't on the telly? I know. Or a game um, that was on the telly that wasn't an end of season decider or, or something else and didn't have you- either Rangers or Celtic or the Edinburgh Derby or the Dundee Derby. That's, that's I, it. Like, sometimes we get a random game against Aberdeen on a 12 o'clock kickoff on a Saturday or a Sunday for whatever fucking strange reason that is. But like, other yeah. than that, I can't even think of... Like, sometimes we'll maybe do like a Sunday afternoon fucking Comarnet and Dundee United shit fest, but it's once, it's once every four or five months. Like, I've seen like some arsehole Rangers fan kind of have the argument, oh, who wants to watch that? And I'm like, other people would want to watch Comarnet and Dundee United. Like, not everybody's yeah, fucking... Not everybody's arsed about watching Rangers every weekend. I saw a Burnley fan moaning on Twitter saying then that'll be an extra fiver on our subscription. Why am I paying an extra five pounds so that I can watch so that I don't watch Scottish football? And it's like, how much of our Sky subscription, which is the same subscription that we need to take out in order to watch any of our games live, how much of that is just to pay for the Premiership? Aye. Or the Premier League, I should say, and is, is then is just payments. to play for the Championship. I have Aye. not watched a live English Championship game on telly in a decade and that Not probably accounts for like 20% of your of your Sky subscription if you're looking at it like they're, they're the national they're essentially a national broadcaster right. why why are we not deserving of access to watching our our game it boils my piss even, even the portion of the deal where it, is it clubs can um, stream five games a season if they're choosing on pay-per-view Fucking worthless. Like when we've just came out of basically two seasons of being able to do that for every single right. game. Are you honestly telling me there's well, not well, well, well. Let's not talk down streaming the streaming the, the official club feed for, for games and, and commentary Aye. and the rest of it. Let's yeah, yeah, you listen, <laughs> are you are, are you honestly telling me that there's there's not some maybe not even a streaming giant, but some some streaming company out there that's not willing to at least take a punt on or at least go and talk to them about let, let's let's build a deal where you can stream every every game from a club. I would happily pay for a subscription every every month if it streamed every game across the entire FPFL. And I'm pretty sure the two users, I'm pretty sure the majority of football fans in Scotland would. Yeah, just yeah. can't believe there's no appetite to split it either. Go to Sky and yeah. say, right, you get your four old firm games and you get you get a game every weekend, which they do now and don't use. There's there's game there's there's midweek uh, games coming up before the World Cup break, where it's a clear yes. week a clear week for the Champions League. So there's no there's no um, embargo that means you can't show a game, and we've got a full card, and not one of them's getting getting shown. There is no reason why Sky shouldn't take the exact same deal we've got, and we are then free to go and sell the rest of the games to someone else. I think I think that's the thing is like I'm sure I read that we can sell like 20 games out with but they're not going to do it like Neil Doncaster's not going to go out and go to another broadcast and say oh by the way like here's 20 games like how much would you pay for them I don't I don't like there is streaming service because Scotland uses streaming service now don't they? is it via play 
who are going to be yeah. doing our who are going to be doing our next qualifying campaign and like this TV companies who would buy this like I don't know like I'm not saying Amazon would but like a company like that a streaming company like just take twenty games I don't know seven fifty a month to show a couple of games a month it would make a massive difference and we'd, so we'd take just four four Japanese well, internationals are you aye. telling me that there's not a streaming organisation out there that you can make a bigger deal with that would put money into being able to stream other games. Nah, you're gonna fucking pay me to watch Dyson made again. But, uh, <laughs> but I know, I know what you mean, mate. But we're just we're, we're cutting off so many potential revenue streams, all just to. And, and I don't know. Clubs obviously will still be hurting, maybe for the whole Satan. I think like Satan. Yeah, yeah, of course. about monopoly money, I can understand. Like you know, we bit hurt for that, but that was fucking nearly like how long was that? Like fifteen years ago, happened like something like that. But yeah, that's a long yeah. time, man. Like, just move on and kind of. Fucking times. Neil Doncaster doesn't need to broaden the SPFL's horizons a wee bit and start looking to see how they can make us more money because we're just going to keep falling, falling behind and falling behind, and then it just kind of it'll have a tailspin on internationals as well. Like obviously we've been through a bit of a, a kind of golden patch just now with the players that we're producing coming through, like Billy Gilmore, Patterson, Hickey. Like McKenna, etc. Fucking hell, just including Scott McKenna and that. Uh, like we're, we're producing a lot of good international players just now. And if team, if countries like Sweden are getting 70 million for the league, we're just going to fall further and further behind. And it's fucking unacceptable, man. Like we should be so much better than what we are and should how be getting it, a lot more than what we are. How is it possible that the national teams' games go out to tender and end oh, up on I, a platform like Viaplay or? You know, Premier Sports or, or whatever else, and you're not willing to, to do the same. With uh, I, I know that there's there's maybe a hint of exceptionalism to this, which I'm trying to stay away from. I don't think we're inherently better than any other league out there, but the, the stats don't the stats don't lie. Scotland took great strides last night, or um, the night before, sorry, and you know up into up into League A for all of this, where we were at the Euros, we're pushing on. We've got more players in our squad now that are playing regularly week in, week out in the Premier League than you know they've maybe had for a long, long time. We've got boys playing in Serie A. There's talk of guys like Jack Henry, they win the Belgian League last year. He's now playing in, in Serie A and, and all of this. We are in just an inherently marketable league. I just refuse to accept that there's not more that can be done in order to to capitalise on that being our position and, and sorry to, to bring up the, the point I was going to make there is and, and, and one of you mentioned it at the start of the podcast all that's true and still something like eight or nine of our starting 11 last night or you know 14 of the 16 players that played or whatever it was have played in the Scottish top flight or the championship you know we're, we're not we're not Ireland who are relying on guys that have, have never the only time they're ever in Ireland is to come over for international duty that they're not guys that have come up through their league system we're very different. We've got clubs who are two clubs in the Champions League group stage now. We've got a team that was in the Europa League final last year and have Scottish players throughout their squad that they've produced. How is it possible that with all of that being true, with us having the highest you know, per head support figures across the majority of Europe, that we can't package that and sell it to someone for more than... I, I just find it obscene. You know that each of our clubs plays thirty-eight games a season, and you won't see thirty-eight games live on Sky Aye. this year. It's just just depressing. I just don't understand how we've painted ourselves into that corner. It's just, all to do with Neil Doncaster's fringe. 
He fell and seriously injured it. <laughs> but anyway. Something like that is, is out the door and moved on. You're not going to get any kind of growth yeah. in any development. And I think even after that, it, is, it genuinely feels like a bit of a job for the boys type scenario. So oh, is the next person that's going to come in going to be any better? Is it going to be Ian Maxwell? Oh, a, a, a good man, a good man. No, well, Neil Doncaster gets £400 a year, so we could surely uh, use some of that money to put out to clubs. £400 a year, he'd be a thick cunt. Like, that's, could, that's impressive. <laughs> we could get Derek McInnes for that money. Bye, or Jim Goodwin, bye. <laughs> and Lee Sharp, both of them. I don't forget Lee Sharp. I get the two, the two of them are on it, like, the, like Dale and Brennan and Step Brothers interviewing as a pair. Um... But yeah, not to, to wrestle it back from that that rant. We do have a bit of a a bit of news um, from the the podcast. We're going to try something a little bit different, and I'll uh, I'll hand it over to Craig to make the the big announcement. Thank you. So I think we alluded to this last week on the podcast. Um, we are going to be performing live for the first time ever um, as Misery Hunters. So it's taking place at 16 South Street, otherwise known as Paisley's first and only craft beer venue. Tickets will be on sale Friday, 30th of September, um, unless you are one of our glorious, extremely miserable Patreon bastards who will have early access to the tickets. So there are a limited number. Um, We did try to seek out an alternative venue. Um, the Hydro have some fucking moron named Robbie Williams booked it out for the, the duration. So, yeah, unfortunately, it's going to have to be in Paisley Craft Beer Co. Uh, yep, tickets are a fiver. The date is right after the Dundee United game at home on the 22nd of October. Um, kickoff will be 6.45pm until 10pm sharp when you'll be kicked out the door because Jamie is uh, too cheap to pay for a, a longer licence. <laughs> so, yeah. I think, um, um, yeah, I don't think we've got any illusions that we're putting on some big uh, big oh, stage I, show or something, but I just think that the, the chance to get in and do what we'll treat as basically a live recording of a podcast straight after straight after a game, we'll, we'll do some, you know, some quizzes and prize giveaways and and some other nonsense um, that's there on the night, but also it's just an excuse to have a bit of a a bit of a tear up as well, like a, a proper baby oh, yeah. session. I think um, we're all pretty passionate about firing seven pound a can behind the till at, uh, at Paisley Craft Beer Co. Paisley's only craft beer venue. I like um, that. And, I really like that. Yeah, and, uh, I'm just, I just love the idea of us getting some like minded folk round to enjoy. You know, do something a bit different with the podcast, but also just have a bit of a, a bit of a laugh, a bit of a, Aye. a bit of a lock in at the, at the shop as well, and, and get some, and get some money behind their till as well. So, if you fancy listening to this shite live and getting absolutely full of mango sorbet pancake sours, then please buy a ticket and come along and get pissed with us. Aye, it'll be. I'm not. We're not promising the, this unbelievable show, but we will. Absolutely, a hundred percent. It'll be fucking entertaining, like to to say the least. But we're not promised in the world, but at the very least, yeah. it will be very entertaining. But we're, we're obviously trying to trying to get a special guest down for for Aberdeen as well. So uh, we're obviously stuck in negotiations for that as well. And uh, I'm going to try and get Mark covered up. So up where? 
the first of many obviously we have no idea how it's going to go but yeah we'll, we'll put everything into it and yeah let's just let's just yeah. see how we go on it's like you say it's going to be good to hang about with a bunch of like-minded folk for an evening and hopefully we'll be celebrating an absolute route of Dundee United but if not what better way to commiserate than sitting watching us fucking idiots talk <laughs> celebrating the most electrifying sports commentary performance of our generation. Oh, fucking hell, we're on the cut. We used to run the comms at the end. Yep. We knew, I. Wow. Yep, it is. So, it's going to be a bumper day for unplanned content. I do keep forgetting that over the next few weeks, like, we are actually going to be, like, a lot of people will be watching the Rangers game uh, from the, the kind yeah, of... people safe, will be watching the Rangers game. The safe, the safe spot of their own, their own home and on his goal, if that appears sometimes as the away team commentary that appears on that I am fucking terrified to go on Twitter <laughs> that night uh, I, I'm hoping I get at least 40 or 50 offensive messages I'm hoping they go back and dig up tweets where I've called somebody a hun like come on I'm, I'm all for it I want to see you get cancelled aye, aye before you get the chance to do the commentary <laughs> maybe that should be the aim for the, the live episode just hashtag samsled just get Aye. Sam in the bin. I might not be there because eh, I'll be in jail after some questionable takes on the. On yeah, the, all the ticket money goes to it. Sam's bail to get him out after that. <laughs> but uh, I will stick out some more, some more information soon. Um, I think uh, the plan, you know, the tickets that's pretty much as low as we can put them, and you know, it's not a, it's not a huge amount of. Of, of people and I guess we'll just be piling that back into you know prizes for the show itself and stuff it's not a it's not a money making venture for for us it's just a chance to do something a bit different it's felt like a season where we've we've got some really good mileage out of doing different things and people have really backed us with the Patreon and, and other stuff so we're just keen to explore other stuff and see what works and what we can do and hopefully do do more of it so if you're listening to this I'd love to see you Aye, Love to see you there. Get involved. Please do. Um, I think that brings us to the end of what we thought was going to be a very short podcast with no... Uh, and we've absolutely no here. <laughs> and uh, we've got there. But uh, aye, I'll, um, I'll leave you with a fuck name, Doncaster. I think I took that straight off. I'm going to... Yeah. Took it straight out of my lips. I'm going to say fuck Dave Cormack for being lazy and just sending in that hey! boys no turning. <laughs> oh, there he is. You're late. Fuck Neil Doncaster's barber. <laughs> He's already fucked. <laughs> See you later. Sports Social Podcast Network.